Hello, advanced English learners. Welcome back. We are so excited for this episode. I am joined by the one and only Greg. And today we thought we would talk about something that I think is on a lot of people's minds. But before we jump in, I just want to remind you that, you know, we're doing these for you to help you improve your listening comprehension, to help you hear what connected speech sounds like in action, to help you with your pronunciation, your intonation, your prosody, so communication in general, and then also, you know, giving you an opportunity to learn new vocabulary, new expressions, and learn a little bit about Americans' perspective on certain things going on in the world. So that being said, do you want to know today's topic, Greg? I would love to know today's topic. So I thought we could talk today about the metaverse. Metaverse. Big topic. Yep. All right. So let's get into it. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right. So the metaverse, this is something that I think is on a lot of people's minds as it is on the horizon. We started to hear a lot about it more recently in the news, and I think people are starting to realize that this is probably the direction that we are headed in. Yeah. Well, it is certainly a direction. Um, And, you know, obviously, I think before we dive into the specifics, it's probably good to define. Yes. Uh, what the metaverse is. I think that's a great idea. It's a great starting point. Yeah. So what is it? It was actually a term coined by the author of this book called Snow Crash back, I mean, several years now. Maybe I want to say the 70s or 80s. Yeah, yeah. Back in this sort of the origin of like the the cypherpunk era. Yeah, so from this sci-fi novel and... We've heard it also more recently in the book-turned-film Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. A Steven Spielberg film. Great film, by the way. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend if you're into futuristic sci-fi, as we are. And gaming. And gaming. So, okay, we still didn't define it. So it is a... I feel like you, as, a, as, as someone who games, can, can help shed light on the definition, but my understanding is that... It is a place, a virtual realm in which we have avatars that are representations of us in the metaverse. And there is not just one metaverse 
yet. There might be in the future, but just like there's not one search engine, we have multiple search engines, Yahoo, Google, Brave, Mozilla, all these different search engines. We're probably going to start out with multiple different metaverses. So it's a virtual realm in which we can interact with each other. We can have entertainment. We can learn things. We can live our virtual life, which is parallel to our physical life. Yeah, I actually think that's a really good uh, description of the metaverse. You also, I I really like your comparison to a search engine. Why? Because when search engines first started, there were many search engines, right? Um, You had Yahoo, Google, uh, Alta Vista. uh, Was it like Dogpile? You remember that? I don't know that one. Yeah, yeah. There there were a bunch. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. I do remember Ask Jeeves. We're dating ourselves here. These are all sort of like back in the 90s, early 2000s. Um, and AOL, AOL, yeah, that was America a Online, that was a big one. Exactly. So, MSN Messenger, MSN Messenger, yeah, MSN had their own uh, search. So um, all of these existed at one time. It was kind of what you call a Cambrian explosion, right? Like the, the that's the Cambrian explosion in in prehistoric times is when you know a lot of different dinosaur species uh, came into being. Um, so it was a Cambrian explosion of search engines, and then over time the best performing search engines outcompeted in a Darwinian process. They outcompeted the other ones. So survival of the fittest. What was the best? What was the strongest? Who survived? Exactly. So that's called a Darwinian process, right? Darwin came up with this idea of evolution um, where the fittest survive. And that happened in the search engine game. And of course, now we all know the largest search engine, which is now a verb called... Google, Google, right? And so what did Google do best? It, it indexed uh, all the content of the internet in a way that was much more efficient than other search engines. And um, the reason I bring this up is Google has um, the, uh, what's called uh, Metcalfe's Law. It benefits from Metcalfe's Law, right? These network effects. And it says that the bigger the network gets, the more valuable that network becomes to its participants. And that same law will apply to the metaverse, mm-hmm. right? And so this metaverse- So the bigger the metaverse, the better it is, the more The more that value. people use a metaverse, the more used it becomes, the more value it provides, and therefore the more people is, are drawn to it. Yeah. And the same thing happened with Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. For a long time, Facebook was basically the only social network out there Yeah. because that's where everyone got their information from their friends, right? Because that's, right. that's where all their friends were, and so you go where your friends are going. Over time, though, interestingly, uh, other social media companies have been able to enter and compete. Yes. Right? So that's an example where even though there was one dominant player, new players came and competed with them. Right. Exactly. And so these are the same dynamics we're probably going to see play out in the metaverse. Yeah. And the, of course, you're probably familiar with one of the big contenders for the metaverse. Yep. Which is, we mentioned it already. Facebook. Facebook, right? They- Newly called Meta. And you wonder why, right? Meta. So we actually, in English, we don't say Meta, but it's spelled M-E-T-A, right? But we say Meta, right? Have that, the D sound Sounds in like there. A D. Yeah. Meta. Right. So they've labeled themselves Meta. And this is their whole transition strategy, right? They're going to pivot to becoming a metaverse. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, in like- a lot of ways, because it's already a social network. There are a lot of people on it. There's hundreds of millions of people on there. Billions. Billions Billions. at this point. I remember when it first started out as a college-only social network. So you could only enter 
if you had a .edu, so a .education <laughs> email address, which you would get when you entered university here in the U.S. And they first opened it to only a few, a select few universities, yeah. and then it became, it's had the well, snowball started effect. Harvard only. Harvard only. And, and it was actually based, just a little side tangent here, because it kind of shows the evolution of how these things work. The Facebook was an actual, tangible, physical book of people's faces. And so it was a way to get to know people. This is, again, it's almost prehistoric. I actually still have the one that we had in college. Our college our first, Facebook? first year. Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere like so funny. in the attic. We'll be right back after this short break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But it's so funny because it started out like that. So who physical knows? Book. A physical book with people's faces. So that being said, you can imagine how, you know, we have all these ideas about the metaverse and who knows how that's really going to start out. And then looking back, it's yes. going to be like, oh, really? It was that? So that's a really important concept in technology. It's called skeuomorphic design. Skeuomorphic. Skeuomorphic design. And what it, what it refers to is when a new medium of technology comes out, in this case, a digital social network, yeah. the, the initial instinct is for people to replicate what existed in the previous paradigm, right? right? And right. so the previous paradigm was books, right? Books, that you, so you're, you could, and you also had the social register, right? That was a book, yeah. right? Where you could see, look up people's names and phone numbers and um, phone books, right? Yes. So the skeuomorphic adaptation in a digital context would be called actually be called Facebook. Yeah. Because it's like a book. and They you, just dropped the the. The the. Yeah. And it had a picture of someone and a little information about them. So it was very similar to the actual book. And over time, that turned into what it is now, which is like yeah. a news feed. It's a sharing content. It's a place for people to group, come together, like yeah. form groups, right? Sell things. It's a marketplace. Marketplace. A bajillion so different things. So many things. Those are all things people could have never anticipated at the start. And we can expect something very similar in the metaverse, right? Right, right now, what you described is what yeah. we're all sort of envisioning. It's this incredible digital world where we can do everything. We can yeah. play games. We can learn. We can interact. We can go shopping. I was reading somewhere that people even, experts are contending, they're anticipating, they're surmising and guessing that people can even get married in the metaverse. Oh, sure. I mean, that already happens in games like World of Warcraft. How does that work? People meet each other online. They're playing oh, the game together. And some of these games are hard, right? And so huh. people bond over adversity. Yeah, of course. And so they do something fun together. And over enough time, they <laughs> build a real relationship. Yeah. And, and that world means something to them. And so conducting the ceremony in that world in which they form that relationship seems actually quite reasonable. 
Yeah, and it reminds me of um, a more recent film, Yes Guy. Yes Guy. Yes yeah, Guy. Yeah. That's I think it's on Netflix if you're interested again in like seeing sort of this is not a dystopian reality, but it's just a reflection of things that happen in the metaverse stay in the metaverse, but not always. And it just kind of reminds me of how, you know, relationships can form in this off world, not off world, because we're not talking about going to Mars or Venus, but in this online versus offline reality and right how these two realities when they collide are they what they seem to be it can be very confusing it can be so yeah it can be very confusing and that's i think a real concern that people have which is if these virtual worlds these metaverses become so engaging um you know will people even do anything in the physical world and right we have yet to see what and how that blend works and there's also another part of it which is maybe the metaverse isn't quite as enveloping as we think, at least in that traditional sense where you put on a headset and disappear. So maybe enveloping instead, is when you're completely consumed by yeah, it. Like think, think like an envelope. An envelope, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, go ahead. So um, maybe instead what happens is you have, you're wearing contacts, oh, right? And um, you get a heads-up display. So you see the real world, mm. but it, on top of that is the metaverse that's overlaid on top of it, Right. So I'm sitting here in this room and I'm looking at the camera here um, and maybe I can see you standing next to the camera, but you're not actually there. It's just a, you know, the representation of you on my contact lens. Really interesting. Um, And I'll see some information above it about the weather or like maybe the script that I'm speaking, right? So there's many different ways that you can overlay digital uh, worlds right. onto our actual reality. And that's so what you more call- So more like an a- augmented reality. AR, AR, augmented reality. And so maybe the metaverse is actually, because what we found so far with VR- Yeah. Is that people get tired of it after not too much time, right? After yeah. an hour or so, yeah, they're right. kind of like, I need to get back to the real world. This is just, this is too disorienting. Right. Right. Yeah. And not to mention, like, I remember doing the ski skiing in the virtual world, but you had, you know, with the high, was it HoloLens that we were HoloLens, doing? Yeah. yeah. I found it really jarring and I found like, I was not, I, it made me dizzy immediately. <laughs> so even though I like to yeah. ski in the real world and I'll do it uh, almost every year, like I could not really do it properly in the virtual reality. And I just I was like, Greg, get me out of here. Totally. And and that might just be growing pains. Maybe as the technology sure, improves, sure, it course. becomes more comfortable and we can spend more time. But yeah. I, I, I would not be surprised um, if we find that we prefer to blend uh, virtual reality and, and physical reality yeah. um, rather than completely supplant, completely replace physical with the virtual. That's I think guess. that's, I think I would make that guess as well, particularly since, I think transitioning into AR first is a lot easier than going from this world, this realm, into straight into the virtual realm. Yes. We need to still feel a semblance of the physicality of our Yeah, we like to be grounded. Yeah, of yeah. our space, I yeah. think. As humans, generally speaking. You might have another opinion, and I welcome that, and we would love to hear what your thoughts are. We'll be right back after this short break. I want to talk a little bit about applications of the metaverse. I can think of one um, that I'm really excited about. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, I'd love to hear. So I think the education component of this, learning, right? So learning by doing. Suddenly, you know, you're in, let's say you're learning French. Suddenly you're in France and you're ordering a baguette and you're ordering coffee and you're ordering whatever uh, from 
a cafe in a cool district in Paris, right? So suddenly you're in, in this space and you're practicing your language skills or maybe you're learning a complex coding concept and you're, you know, surrounded by coding experts and with coders and, you know, you're leveling up that way. I think it's super cool. Yeah, I think learning is a terrific example yeah. of the, the metaverse because you can bring together people from all around the world mm-hmm. um, who might never have a chance to physically meet. You can bring them together in this virtual space. Yeah. They can represent themselves however they like. Um, and they can even be speaking different languages, right? True. And, and they're sort of translated. You're not going to get this. It's not the same thing as if they were speaking, you know, the the, the language natively. Sure. Um, but you can at least convey, communicate, um, you know, without much interruption. Yeah. Right? Without too much friction because everything's sort of enabled digitally. So, yes. Uh, so there'll be like real-time uh, translation maybe. Yeah, yeah, to like some that. extent, right? Um, the point is, at the very least, they can sort of come together and share experiences. Um, and a lot of things, actually, you can have a shared experience without even speaking at all. It's true, right? yeah, because there's so much that gets conveyed through the nonverbal communication, the smiles, yeah. the expressions, the body language, right? We can sense someone who is hostile towards us and someone who's friendly toward us without them even opening their mouth to right. speak, right? I mean, think about Charlie Chaplin, right? Sure. People love Charlie Chaplin. And right, there so wasn't the si- even any silent sound. films. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. The other thing that's, I think, really important to consider, um, regardless of the application of, of, of it, is who owns it. Interesting. Like what company owns yeah, it? Right? Yeah, right? And this comes up in Ready Player One, which yeah. is oh, yeah. who's the master of the universe? That's the underlying premise. That's right. the underlying right. sort of idea of the movie. And it's kind of scary. We talked about Facebook potentially being a contender. Yeah. I personally don't want Mark Zuckerberg to own the metaverse, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to live in his world. I want to live in my own world. I, sure. want, I want to define my own rules. Um, or I want the rules to be defined by everyone sort of collectively, collectively right? That's so funny. Um, we said the same yeah. word. We're not script. This is not scripted, by the way. Yeah, it is. Like, there is no script. But but so that's why I also personally believe if we do do the metaverse, I'm a huge proponent of doing it in a decentralized way. Right. Right. I want a metaverse where the participants get to choose the rules, where it comes together um, and provides people a lot of freedom as to how they interact, what they bring into it, what they do with it. Yeah. Um, and so from my perspective, a decentralized metaverse, which requires decentralized technology, right? Mm-hmm. You, that's why I think the blockchain, one of the most important applications, applications of the blockchain in the future is, is to power this decentralized world, right? right? When you run things on a credibly neutral network, right, where no one controls it or everyone controls it, um, you don't have to worry about any one person saying, oh, you can't do this or you have to do this. Right, right? just being dictated or censored. Right, or no one can tell you what to told do. Told what to do. Because, um, you know, it's, it's when you have a million people all weighing in, yeah. everyone's going to have a different perspective. Of course. So the, the only common ground you can find is let everyone do what they want. Now, this can be chaotic. Well, it could be anarchy, right? It could be anarchy. Which rule, you rule-less, lawless. Lawless. So right. we, we see that also in dystopian movies. What was it that we were watching? Um, Mad Max. Could be. Um, I've actually never seen Mad Max. Okay. But you That's see the it. These dystopia. are common tropes, right? Common themes that we see where if everyone just wants to do it or whatever, there's just going to be pure chaos. Chaos, right. So you obviously don't want that. No. But what's beautiful with a um, sort of decentralized, neutral foundation is yeah. on top of that, you can build whatever you want. So Facebook can, on top of that, build a safe space for their metaverse 
or their section of the metaverse. Disney can build a wonderful version of their metaverse. Right. But they're building on top of a neutral foundation where yeah. everyone can, can sort of create their own version of what they think the metaverse should be or sort of their corner of the metaverse. Mm-hmm. And that way everyone can choose what networks to participate in and which, which parts to stay away from, right? It's up Absolutely. to them. I think, yeah, you still have that human agency, meaning you have that choice to make as humans, like what you want to do yeah. or how do you want to participate? How do you want to engage in the metaverse? Totally. So it's something to think about. There's still so many questions, honestly. And what you want to teach, going back to your example, yeah. like maybe <laughs> in some countries it's not acceptable to teach certain subjects. Yeah. In other countries it is acceptable, right? right? So having a place where you can teach what you want to teach without feeling beholden to you know what your government says, that could be interesting too. Right. So there's just so many questions. I think over time, you know, some people are saying as soon as 2030, we're all going to somehow be involved in the metaverse. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays out that way. It could be sooner, it could be later. What are your thoughts? Do you think we're going to be entering the metaverse soon or sooner or later? Which and what's one? it going to look like? Yeah, exactly. What should it look like? Yeah, what do you so want it to questions. look like? <laughs> So there's a lot to think about here. We're happy to do a part two if that's something that you're interested in. Um, And again, it would be really cool to hear your perspectives on what you're thinking about the future of the metaverse and where that's going to take us as as the human race, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. If you really enjoy the podcast and the channel, feel free to give it some love, show it some love, meaning give it a like, give it a comment, give it a QA, and a um, give a review, leave a review if that's something that you feel adamant about, meaning you feel strongly about in a good way and share it. That really makes a difference because we are able to get the podcast and the content to as many people as, it, as we can. And our goal is to empower you as a communicator to communicate much better in your social life, in your personal life, your professional life. So these are important resources to have and hopefully you're enjoying it as well because we definitely are. And I have some exciting news that I'm going to be sharing very, very soon. So make sure to get that news to be, you know, in the mix of what's going on here at Advanced English. To be informed. Thank you, Greg. That's the word I was looking for. You want to make sure that you're subscribed to our newsletter. So you can easily do that. It's a free newsletter. You just go to our website, advancedenglish.co, and there's a little pop-up and you can just sign up. You can also scroll to the bottom and you'll see mailing list. So just join that. It's 100% free and you get lessons from us every week, as well as some upcoming very exciting news that Greg and I are super excited to let you know about. So that'll be cool. All right. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you very soon. Bye everyone.